You're listening to Phanalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV podcast. In this episode, we're talking about episode 106 of Winona Earp, Constant Cravings. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Annie. And I guess let's get started. What's your general review of the episode, Annie? I just now have that song, Constant Cravings. You know that? It's it's singular. It's yeah. In it's Katie stuck Lang's in my version, head. but um, aside from that, no, I liked it. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of attractive women in purgatory. That's my <laughs> totally base thought because why no no Waverly officer hot and now the blacksmith. I was like, ooh, yum. Anyway, <laughs> I liked the doll's storyline, and I'm like, ooh, is he like a? It's this is very like where it's getting the story's getting into. I guess that urban fantasy type thing. I'm like, is he not human? You know, is he like trying to suppress his non-humanness with this drug that he's addicted to? Is that what the Black Badge Division is? Like a bunch of non-humans keeping an eye on revenants? have all these wild theories and questions. And I loved Waverly using her brain power becoming the keeper of the bones and that old mystery of figuring that out through what uncle curtis left that was cool but i get the feeling it's going to be hazardous to her health and kind of a dangerous thing to be as keeper of the bones so but i thought it was pretty good what did you think chris i actually really like this episode a lot i like the new character of the blacksmith as you mentioned she is very attractive, but that's not why I like her. I just think she's a good character. Yeah, me too. Like, there's lots of interesting... There's a lot of intrigue. She's like a modern shamaness type thing, almost. Because what she said to dolls, like, I sense you're in a lot of pain. I was like, ooh, that's cool. I was actually thinking more of the ceremony that she performed with Waverly and the Skull. But yes, yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that... <laughs> This is dumb, but I like that Winona's significant other in this episode is a motorcycle. Yes. <laughs> I, I had it on captioning, you know, like I usually do. And it said, scream, laugh, when she saw the motorcycle. That's what the captioning read. I'm like, yep, that was a scream, laugh. Accurate, yeah. I like that they're introducing new story for dolls. I like that there were meat puns. I like that Waverly has a newfound sense of purpose and also finally dumped champ. Yes. Just a a lot of elements that I liked in this episode. I, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Hi, it's Stephanie in the editing room, and I wanted to add in my little review since I wasn't able to be at this recording session. I liked this episode quite a bit. I wanted to go ahead and say that since I was kind of down on last week's episode. I really enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I am excited by the new storyline for Waverly and being the keeper of the bones like Chris and Annie were talking about. And I really thought that the introduction of the blacksmith was great. I was excited to see the actress who played Cruz on Rookie Blue is playing the blacksmith on the show. Yay. I really hope we see her again. I liked the gender swap that they did in the storyline with Winona and Dolls where they put the male partner in peril. Usually when it's a a mixed gender partnership like we see here, it's it's often the female partner who's getting in trouble and the male partner has to save them. So I liked that gender swap. And I'm just really continuing to like the evolving dynamic between Winona and Dolls as partners. I, I also am glad to finally get some meaty <laughs> backstory on Dolls and 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 he was wearing a tank top again this week. So, you know, thank you, show. 
cannibals might not think dolls is tasty, but I do. Moving on from general reviews, I liked the beginning of the episode. They had the training sequence with Winona and dolls. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. The, come on, power of the force. And, you know, that first shot makes it look like she's battling Revenant when it's just dolls. But that was that was an awesome sequence. Well, because they segue, too, because in the little previously on, they had the whole thing with Winona and Doc Holliday, you know, the thing from last episode. Yeah. And so they transitioned from that to Winona's back slamming into a surface. There's a bit of a fake out where you're like, wait, what exactly is happening here? I know, and I was like, oh, please, don't let it be. So, yeah, yeah, but that was fun. And then I, I love how excited Winona still gets when she gets those victories. Like she's like, in your face, beep, whatever. Like she's so like, like a kid sometimes. I love it. I believe um, it was say my name, but yes. Oh, say my name. Yeah. Something so, like that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I love Doll's commentary through the whole thing, right? Cause he's, it's, it's like commentary slash criticism. Cause he's just, it's like, nope, no, nope. no, no, no. <laughs> oh man. Poor Winona. Which, of course, then is what prompts Winona's uh, excessive celebration, yeah. shall we say? When it's she... like a touchdown dance. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. It kind of is. But, of course, we also find out in that scene that something is wrong with dolls, which is... Not good. Yeah, it's it's worrisome. Yeah, because I like that shot later where Winona's reflected in the uh, motorcycle in the uh, rearview mirror. Or she's saying to Doc, you know, I trust dolls. And I was like, yeah, you know, because they've gotten, they've got this relationship going and they trust each other. They got a partnership. So I am worried about dolls now because he's grown on me. Right. Well, I think they made the big push towards trust last episode when yeah. dolls catches Winona doing something illegal <laughs> and lets her go. Yeah. So dolls appears to be sick. We see his hand Trem- like a like a tremor in his hand, basically. So then there's sort of the ongoing thing through the episode. It's like, well, he seems like he's maybe sick, but I think by the end we find out it's withdrawal. I mean, that's From what it sounds like. Mysterious blue substance. Because the guy that he meets at the end of the episode says, "Whatever you did to get cut off, undo it." And I'm like, what does that mean? Sounds like is he on the outs with the black badge division or? They've stopped supplying him, or... Yeah. Well, and I mean, is it the Black Badge Division that That's did true. the thing to him? I mean, it seems like it would maybe be, but I don't know that we have evidence one they way or the other. They seem to want results. There's a lot of mystery with the um, authority above dolls that is now building. But whatever it was that was wrong with him seems to maybe be a good thing. And then it's like, well, is it the fact that he was sick, or was it the fact that he's changed somehow because we you know there's the shot of the eye at the end which looks kind of like a reptile eye i guess i don't know or like an but anyway alien eye? whatever it is yeah it was a good thing in this episode because it saved him from being eaten by this week's revenant well did he get bit by the revenant i can't remember yes. yeah that's what i thought because i thought he had a chunk out of his arm or something there was like a little bit of blood on his arm and i think the revenant had some blood around her mouth yeah and then she said oh you're spoiled so right what does that mean <laughs> i don't know i don't th- i don't know personally i think obviously there's got to be some element of him that's not quite human that revenants think are not so 
tasty. Well, is it that revenants don't think he's tasty? Or, I mean, because they were cannibals before they were revenants. And, but I'm splitting hairs and not necessarily relevant hairs. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like we're six episodes in, and Winona is six revenants down. I mean, I know there's six out of the 77, but she's going through the seven revenants pretty fast. Yeah, again, I don't mind it, because that story is specifically about, to some extent anyway, avenging her family. So, you know, I, I don't mind that being the initial story arc, you know? But what keeps the story arc going after Winona kills the seven for her character? The other 70 Revenants. And, I guess. And, I mean, now there's the storyline with Waverly, which we should also talk about. Because I think that's going to be a new... Yeah, they've introduced the Stone Witch, right? Mm. So yeah. I think that'll be another significant thing. I mean, I, I feel like there are other aspects of Winona Besides just the seven. Yeah, I, I see that. It's not just... Especially since last episode, there was the whole thing about putting aside revenge. So I feel like it's it's a natural progression out of that story arc anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about Waverly's story arc this episode, because I'm glad that she got... Or she's getting her own story. This is, this is kind of exciting for me, because she gets a cryptic note, or finds a cryptic note, rather, from Uncle Curtis... And that leads her to a skull with another cryptic note, <laughs> declaring her keeper of the bones. And, you Which know, tell- sounds rather ominous. It does sound ominous. But also, like, tell no one except for the blacksmith, she says while she's reading the note with her now ex boyfriend, Champ. Boyfriend who can't say a single intelligent thing. <laughs> Champ. God. Again, like, I feel like Champ isn't a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's just not a very smart. <laughs> no. And he does say, like, he says dumb things. Like, the yeah. whole, you know, how is it that you're so smart and so pretty? Oh, God. And, just and Waverly, smack him. bless her, is like, yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. And then he's like, remember when we were mutually exclusive? <laughs> and I'm like, ew. But it doesn't anyway. matter because she dumped him. And I, uh, but I did love that realization. She's like, I'm going to go and do this other purpose. And I'm like thinking, yes, it's to find a red haired cop and to have that coffee with her and discover this whole new side of your sexuality. Oh, Annie. That's just me. But, uh, I mean, uh, Champet is lied about being the keeper of his boner. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, it's like I simultaneously cringed and thought, you know, that's actually like, it's kind of sweet in a certain way. <laughs> it is. I thought not. No, I mean, it's gross, but it's also like, I don't know. Never uh, mind. No. Not working for me, Chris. <laughs> but yeah, that scene where Waverly takes the skull to the blacksmith and she does this whole ritual, the blacksmith. And I think even she got freaked out when she's like, you never told me whose skull it was. Oh, yeah. The, apparently the skull told her whose skull it was. Which had never happened before. Which is the stone witch's son, whose bones she's trying to dig up that Bobo's doing for her. And I I have to say how amusing it is to see a bunch of revenants in modern clothing with their constructions, you know, yellow slickers and stuff. And then to see Doc wearing one later. Again, I just find that so amusing. Oh, the safety vest thing? Yeah, the safety vest. Yeah. I, I just kept thinking, like, 
I'm not sure a safety vest is necessarily the best, like, stealth wear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I realize he was trying to blend with the crowd, but as soon as you leave the crowd, that just kind of draws attention to you. It's neon yellow and, yeah. and orange. Well, and he's fine. He's mostly immortal, and he's got guns, so... Curtis get this skull and as soon as I, you know, the episode came to that point where you figure out it's the Stone Witch's son and that's who Waverly, that's what Waverly has is that skull. I was like oh crap let's not put Waverly in danger it's like it's like Waverly's always in danger anyway I mean just by association so but yeah I worry about her because she's I'm like the Winona in that sense that she's the Kid sister, I have to protect her, even if she's perfectly capable of doing it herself. But well, sure, I mean, I think, I think everybody probably feels protective of Waverly, like yeah. we're supposed to. Yeah, but it's like what somebody wrote on Tumblr. I guess what is the phrase? Cinnamon roll. Like ah, uh, yes, she is a shotgun wielding cinnamon roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, as for why Uncle Curtis had the bones or had the skull. It's because Uncle Curtis was the previous Keeper of the Bones. At least that was the implication. But you're thinking, that might have led to his death. So, but yeah, I kind of like how the series is at this point, where everything is really starting to converge and everybody's getting mysterious storylines, so I like how it's shaping up. Right, because it does seem like the Stone Witch is pressuring Bobo to get that skull, essentially. Like, that seems to be what they're looking for still. So yeah, trying to figure out everybody's motivations and everything is uh, pretty interesting. The one thing I do have to say about this episode that really stood out, which was obvious, was the beautiful Albertan scenery. But I felt so bad for all the actors, because they looked so cold. They did. I know. And it's like, well, at least Shamir and, you know, Melanie and... Dominique, they all got gloves to wear and everything, but I think it was an interview I read with Dominique or uh, heard somewhere. I think this was the episode she was referring to when she was holding a skull. She said it was so cold, she couldn't feel the skull. She couldn't feel her hands. Yeah, that's Canadian winters for you, but oh my god. Beautiful scenery, but damn, it looked cold. But you get cold when it's like 40 degrees out. Fahrenheit. Yeah, I know, but... This was or a lot. Fifty. What was it? Shut up. <laughs> I'm Californian. I know, but I know that's my that's my point. But yeah, I mean, like you know, Winona's walking around with with her knees exposed, basically, yeah. <laughs> and just like that just looks cold. Like, aren't your knees cold? Mm-hmm. I certainly hope you don't have to kneel anywhere in that snow. Yeah, really. <laughs> and then there was there was Bethany walking around in in ripped tights. Oh my god, yes, that poor girl. I know. <sighs> I hope they thought her out in between takes. Well, I, again, I have the captioning on, and it says, just when she was walking down the road, whimpering, I'm like, that's probably the actress whimpering, not the character, because it is so damn cold. And I remember um, the cast and crew tweeting initially when they were shooting it of how cold it was. Yes, Miyu gets cold at 50 degrees. I can't even begin to fathom how cold those Canadian winters are. (laughs) But yeah, it does add a beautiful 
light and atmosphere to the episode that you can't get otherwise. It is. They do have have gorgeous scenery shots. So going back to Constance Cludie, Doc's storyline this episode is kind of all about all about her because he makes a deal with dolls basically to get information about her, right? Wasn't that? Yeah. But then he didn't really find it all or what did he say to dolls? This is the Stephanie influence where I'm like, okay, I don't know how much I really care about what Doc is doing. I know I will later, but <laughs> I did think Doc was used better in this episode, perhaps, yeah. or at least for yeah. me, just because a little you know, bit. Yeah, here and there. I did like that scene where that last scene with dolls and Doc, where Doc said to dolls, basically, I know what a man looks like when he's in withdrawal, and that he was hurting for something. Yeah, he knows that something's up, obviously. Because, like, what is up with that, right? Like, what is it that he injected himself with? And who was it that cut him off? Why did they cut him off? And I, I like that we're introducing this, though, this this element. Or I like that they're introducing this element of dolls having... Something going on, yeah. Yeah, some some mystery element to his storyline. I do, by the way, like the new OTP of the show, Winona and Motorcycle. Yes. I do have to admit, I liked it when Winona firmly put Doc in the friend zone, at least for now. And I'm like, please keep him there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they work better as partners. And, you know, same thing with dolls. I hope, it, I hope the show doesn't go that route. I think the show is strongest when they're just all working together as a team. For me, the one true pairing should not just be Winona and Motorcycle, but it's Winona and Waverly kicking ass. Well, sure, but that's not, like, there's no element of, of romance there. I feel like there's an element of romance between Winona and Motorcycle. That's true. <laughs> or or as some other people some other people have as their OTP, Winona and Donuts. <laughs> I'm, I'm behind oh, that's that, hilarious. too. That's right. <laughs> I am behind that, too. But as for Winona and Dolls or Winona and Doc, I personally prefer the storyline to stay away from romantic entanglements because it just makes stuff all too messy, you know? Well, but that's why writers like it. I know. Writers but, like it messy. Um, uh, I'm not a fan of Winona and Doc. Yeah. Romantically so much. Like, again, because that dude was friends with her great great grandfather, and that's, it's weird. Yeah, it is it's weird. A little weird. I don't think I'd mind Winona and dolls necessarily. Although there's like the whole complication of they work together. That's true. And we don't know what's going on with his eyes. And she That's doesn't true. know. So I know, yeah. I know. But like objectively without all these complications. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be okay with it. Probably. We'll see. It depends. My it depends. jury's out on that one. Okay. I'm just saying, like they're close talking a lot. I know. I the show's that. doing a thing there. Like, I think we're supposed yeah. to maybe wonder if that's going to go there at some point. <laughs> it's like, that's a th that's a theme for shows. Close talking implies UST, or unresolved well, sexual they, tension. Well, because they have a whole thing, because like, they close talk, and then they realize that they're close talking, and then they kind of give each other the look. From all my years of TV watching. <laughs> this means something. They're doing like a little bit of a Mulder and Scully right now. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying. 
If you have thoughts about this episode that you'd like to share with us, you can do that in a number of ways. You can send us an email at feedback at askgenretv.com. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. You can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. We're on Twitter at AskGenreTV. Finalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. You can find our podcasts about Orphan Black and Killjoys and Lost Girl and some other things. You can find all of those at AskGenreTV.com. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. Thanks for listening. <laughs>